0: One thing I really appreciate about Bluey and Joe as a director as well is he would always script and and push for keeping these little moments of beauty, like wind blowing through the trees or a bird on the beach, you know, uh, or the waves at the o- of the ocean or the creek, for example, and you feel that. Like, there were some episodes uh, where I had those shots and I was like, well, over time we're not hitting the right time, He's, uh, should we cut these shots? He's like, no, we'll find it somewhere else. He wanted them to be in there and he fought for it. And he would sacrifice, you know, a line here or two there to make sure they got into the show. And one of the little pieces I did later, I just sort of came back and helped with some marketing stuff, was called The Outdoors. And basically it was like it's a montage of all these beauty shots from across different episodes of the outdoor stuff and used some of Joff's music behind it. and it's. One of the best pieces of animation I worked on just because it just connects, right? And emotionally, um, you feel the artistic work that's gone into it and the emotional impact of that. uh, It's real, you know, and it's very rare to see that in a seven minute kids' show. This
1: is Bluey's Brisbane. G'day, it's Justin here for Bluey's Brisbane, the podcast that goes behind the scenes of Bluey and explores the real-life world of the healers. And on the podcast today, I'll be talking to someone who I've wanted to have on the show for a while now. And with Bluey currently celebrating five years since its debut on Australian screens, I thought now was the perfect time. David Peterson is a Brisbane-based editor and screenwriter who worked on season 1 and 2 of Bluey and as you'll hear some of his credits include some absolute classic episodes that many fans would rate as some of their favourites. I've known David for a long time and in late 2018 he started mentioning in some Facebook posts that a show he'd been working on was just about to launch. Those Facebook posts were the main reason my kids and I tuned into Bluey for the first time and it wasn't long before we got to see some of David's handiwork. Although it was season two that David mostly worked on, he actually worked on the second ever Bluey episode to grace our screens in hospital. He's
0: asleep. Oh good, I can give him another needle. Sting. No, Bluey. Oh, i to be asleep.
1: No more needles. Hi. Now it was great to catch up with David and hark back to a time before Bluey to find out more about how hard an editor has to work on an animation series and find out what it was like working alongside Joe Brum and the Ludo team. So happy five years, Bluey. I hope you enjoy this conversation with David Peterson, my guest on this edition of Bluey's Brisbane. David, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Pleasure, Justin. Well, look, David, you were right there um, at the start of Bluey. Um, You worked as as an editor on season one and two of the show. Let me just run through a couple of the episodes that you worked on, because there's a couple of classic episodes for fans of the show here. Uh, you worked on episodes like Dance Mode, Hammer Barn, uh, Dad Baby, my personal favourite, uh, Army and, of course, Flatpack. Uh, all of these episodes pop up in fans, um, you know, top ten lists. And right at the moment, we're celebrating five years, you know, of Bluey on the TV. You actually edited Hospital, which was the second ever episode of Bluey to appear on our screens take us back you know five or even more years ago when you know you came on board with bluey um uh, what was it like walking into say ludo studio uh back then uh when the show was just in pre-production
0: yeah i mean i got called in to sort of uh help get production back up to speed a bit the main editor michael griffin uh they were an episode behind so i just got called in for one episode initially uh which was actually markets was the first episode that i worked on Um, And then later I came in and and did hospital as well. My initial impression was interesting. So, I mean, at that time, Ludo was um, in a smaller location that kind of had a whole bunch of animators crammed into a fairly small office. Um, In season two, that was a much uh, bigger area that they're able to work in. Um, But yeah, season one, it was a bit cramped. Um, Everyone was very busy, very enthusiastic, very friendly. and uh, I had not done any animation editing before that. So uh, for me, I was, it was a bit of a learning curve. Um, I've done a lot of uh, live action editing where uh, usually someone's written the script, they've gone and filmed everything, and then they give you the final results, and then you have to turn it into something uh, that's watchable, whereas uh, animation is quite different. It's kind of the reverse. There is a, still a script at the beginning, Uh, but the editor actually kind of puts, at least in the case of Bluey and at Ludo, uh, the editor actually starts from just static storyboards and voices, which may be temporary or maybe the final voices, uh, and then edits it together into an animatic, which then gets polished and locked down to the final uh, runtime. And then each of those shots, which are just static uh, storyboard shots, then gets sent to the animators and they work on them one by one and over a four-week period, they would then animate them and send them back to us, and we piece them back in. It eventually it evolves from this uh, black and white storyboard to, a, to the to the coloured animated version we we see on TV.
1: Um, as an editor, do you find that that process um, more intense, or is it more fulfilling than, say, a, a live-action piece of film? In that you're, I guess, in there right from the get-go, um, working on the animatics. It's
0: definitely different. Took me a little while to appreciate it, I guess. Um, The first time I went in, I was I was like, "Oh, I'm just working on animatics," and uh, that was. So I did that for markets, and um, at the end, I was like, "Mm, "Okay, I've done my job. Now, you know, I'm moving on." Because I wasn't involved in the actual production of it, uh, you know, the animation production, and I I wasn't even involved in seeing the animated pieces of it come back. I just saw the finished episode uh, much later um but as i worked on it more i ca- came to appreciate that essentially it is building the episode it's building the show before it's made um and i kind of would like to adopt some of that process for some of the live action stuff i do if there's time you don't usually get time to to pre-edit in, in those kind of situations but i think certainly in certain parts of it it, it could be valuable um you can you can test it you can uh, then just work on the bits that you actually want to have in the final film, instead of shooting, you know, five different versions and leaving uh, 80% of the shot footage on the cutting room floor.
1: How did you originally find out about the opportunity to work on Bluey? Um, you mentioned, you know, coming in there, they were running behind schedule.
0: Uh, so I uh, was uh, friends with um, Lauren Brown, who's a producer at Ludo. Uh, she's been there for quite a while now um we, we went to film school together so they needed an editor she knew I was a, a pretty decent at the job and, and put my name forward and they called me in and yeah the longer gig came about which was in season two where I did uh, several episodes I was actually borrowing a desk at Ludo while I was working on a screenplay I was working on um, and the line producer sort of said hey we've got uh, our main editor is going on maternity leave. Uh, would you be available to, to cover for her while she's away? And that's how season two came
1: about. Hey, mate, where are your pizza Robins?
0: All 300 left at the fake grass. If you hit a flamingo, you've gone too far. Get
1: Do you, you have a favourite episode that you worked
0: on? It's kind of hard to pick. The ones you named are all probably in my in my top picks. I, I have a soft spot for Hammer Barn. It was a lot of fun to edit. I actually also did, like, the first version of Escape, which is sort of the hand-drawn style um story which it was memorable because it just had so many, so many storyboards. Um your average sort of storyboard story for that show is about somewhere between one and two hundred. That one had I think five hundred boards because wow. it was just so much animation. And I mean my job was harder, but it would have been <laughs> so much more intense for the storyboard artist than it was for me. But yeah. Uh, but of my own episodes, Hammer um, I, I do like Flat Pack as well. It took a little bit of extra work to pull together because we had to kind of rejig the story a little bit during the actual editing process because we realized some of the evolutionary steps were out of order. <laughs> so um, the first pass was like uh, had, I think, birds before. Uh, I can't remember what the, the, the issue was, but we had something out of order.
1: right, I'll just give this a whack. Watch out for my...
0: Okay. Oh, quit, Mingo, fly away. <laughs> but the good thing, thing was, a like, Joe is a, a, a great animator and he obviously writes the show himself. Um, so we sort of, like, hit pause. He went away, did some new storyboards, uh, came back, rewrote some of the scripts and, you know, re- revoiced a bit and, and pulled it together for the end of the episode. And I think uh, it worked out pretty well.
1: Um, as an editor, do you get to put any of your creativity like into the you talked about you know working with the storyboard artists right from the start i'm interested to know how you might get some of your own creativity or your own little nuance into the episode as an editor is that possible with animation yeah look i mean when it comes down to it the the editor's job whether
0: you're doing live action or animation is to uh, find a way to tell the story as efficiently and emotionally as possible using the characters, the dialogue, the settings, the shot selection. And it's it's very similar in animation. Um, Joe's very hands-on and he has a very good clear vision for what he wants. Um, so, you know, a lot of it was definitely his, his structure, his choices. Um, I was able to make suggestions as far as like, you know, maybe we cut, maybe we zoom in on this shot. Uh, or we widen out and, you know, we, we work together on fleshing those out sometimes. But in general, it's mostly about just getting, uh, figuring out what works, what doesn't work. Um, you know, we've cut lines, we've occasionally cut scenes and that kind of thing. And that's usually comes down to his call. I'll do a version of it. We usually run over on the first version and then it's like, all right, we're going to cut this out. We don't need that. We'll trim this shot and all that kind of stuff. And that's collaborative, but, uh, yeah. I have contributions, but I have to say, you know, Joe. Joe's has a very clear uh, director's vision on on how each of those episodes goes.
1: And and just on Joe, what what is it like working with someone like Joe? I mean, he's now, I guess, seen and and held up as someone who's created this, you know, amazing show that draws in not only kids but but parents as well. What was it like working with him, especially I guess in those early days? When you're working on season two it hasn't you know blown up especially like it has in the states now what was that like i enjoyed it
0: um it's always good working with someone who who can write well and um has a clear idea of what this you know what it is he's trying to make and they had a very clear vision of like you know this show is about this um in this in this case the core foundation of bluey is is play right and it's about Kids playing, learning through play, or experiencing life, or you know, dealing with things through play, and that was a, a core ethos, and they and they stuck to it. You know, I, as a writer, I kind of, I sort of pitched a few <laughs> ideas at times on what episodes could be. I kind of had an, I had a, an attempt at trying to write something, but he's got a very unique voice, and it's it's hard to emulate. Um, there's been a, you know, they've had a few other writers. Uh, contribute episodes on the show, but not that many, most, most of Joe. And, um, he has a very distinctive style. Um, you mentioned dad, baby, and that's like a prime example. Um, when, yeah, I read the script for that. And then we started working on the, um, animatics. I was kind of like,
1: are we going to get away with this? <laughs> Do you know what? I think Dan Brum actually said the same thing when we spoke to him about Dad Baby. <laughs> I think he said um, he was sitting there, you know, doing the mix for Dad Baby. And he's literally yeah. like, how on earth are we going to get away with this? Yeah. I was going to ask you about Dad Baby because that is such just a wildly wacky, um, like almost Monty Python-esque kind of episode. A brilliant, yeah. like TV Comedic writing, there's there's so many layers, like even when, you know, Lucky comes out onto the onto the steps. It's
0: not for six, Dad! Uh, oh. Any boundaries? One boundary, two
1: singles. Who got the boundary? Focus! You know, what's oh, yeah, the sorry. what's the score in the cricket? There's this underlying theme of you know, blokes in Australia must know what the cricket score is at all times, no matter what the task is at hand. You know, what goes through your mind when you when you get a, a script like that?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of just thinking, all right, let's see how this goes. Because, I mean, there's, I'm I, I mean, I'm always just going to edit what I'm given, right? So I was given the, the 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 storyboards, given the audio, and I can't remember how much of the recorded audio we had on that one. It's always a mix between uh, the actual actors and, and usually Joe, who's done temp audio, and then, you know, as we're doing the editing process, he'll re-record and that kind of thing. So on Dad Baby... Uh, yeah, I took the storyboards, I took the audio, I put it together, and was like, okay, here's a version. <laughs> Let's work on it. And then a couple of days later, Joe comes in, and we do our sort of first editing session, and we're working on it together, and you know, looking at different shots, it's like, mm, is this one going to work, or you know, the scene when they're like pulling the, the baby out of out of Dad's, you know, uh,
1: clothing. I'm getting a lot of dim sims. I'm getting a lot of dim sims.
0: Yeah, getting a lot of dim sims. <laughs> And it's just like, uh, so there's some storyboards that we ended up like either dropping or adjusting just so they would sort of, you know, work, I think better. And that's part of the process, right? You're always trying different things out. And it's like, do we have this shot or do we showing underneath, Uh, we're showing, you know, bingo underneath or outside, just the outside view and you try different stuff. And then it goes away and gets feedback from, you know, uh, Charlie and other producers and sometimes. Uh, people further up the chain and then comes back a couple weeks later and we do another refinement but it stayed pretty close to the original script to be honest um it was really just working through you know how do we make it work and then i leave the other questions up to people further up the chain
1: <laughs> <laughs> now just one question on dad baby that little a bit where bingo goes <laughs> Was that in the original script or did that sort of come as you guys edited the, um, you know, the animatics and then the final uh, episode? Do you remember?
0: I couldn't tell you, but it's a very typical thing to have been in the script. Like, that's just how they, always, they'll just chuck out words like that, you know, literally say what's happening on screen or they'll just use one word to, like, enunciate what's happening. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if it was in the original.
1: Um, as, as you're working on, on season two and... Um, you know, these great episodes, um, I, you know, I love Hammerbarn as well. Did it ever sort of drop that this might be huge? Did it did it ever pop into your mind that, hey, this isn't just an average kid's show, this thing's just going to be absolutely massive? Did that ever occur to you or was it just like, oh, I'm just working on this show about talking dogs from Brisbane? Look, I always
0: had a sense it was a, a good show uh, from the beginning and not not from my work on the episodes, but, um, what they would do is, uh, each week they would screen, like, works in progress. So you get to the end of a, typically it's at the end of an animation cycle. So it's pretty much done. It hasn't had sound or music done on it yet, but it's the animation. And so, you know, um, they would do that on a Friday afternoon, show a couple episodes that were in progress. And, um, that would be our end of the, end of the week kind of thing. And it was probably when I saw that, um, that I was like, okay, this is, this could be a good show, like, and no idea, obviously, that it was going to hit the scale that it's hit since then, but I had a, a good sense that it was a quality show and that it could do well um, from those screenings, I think. It was just evident the amount of care and love that was being put into it and that there was some substance behind the actual stories it was telling as well.
1: Um, look, mate, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate, you know, um taking a bit of a step down memory lane and 5 years of bluey what have you sort of since taken from the show that you might have put into um some of your subsequent you know writing and work i think
0: probably the biggest thing is just like knowing what the show is right um that's important and that's what i think has held bluey together very well is like they know what the show is it's not just a animation about a random family of dogs it's got an ethos behind it it's got um a reason to exist and each episode has has that behind it as well and whether it's a you know a single one-off kind of feature film type thing or a series i think that's critical and uh, i'd say that's probably the biggest thing i've taken away since since working on the show
1: and uh if, if people want to check out some of the other things that you've worked on where can they find more of your work Uh, Probably the simplest
0: thing is to go to my uh, portfolio website at randomphotons.com. It's got a pretty good uh, list of uh, some of the different projects I've been involved in across the years in film and uh, TV.
1: That's awesome, mate. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time.
0: Good to catch up. Oh, can I have my condensed milk now? Where'd you get condensed milk from? Rusty gave it to me. See you, Jack. Hey, Rusty. His dad brought it back from patrol. You've been listening to Bluey's Brisbane. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for at Bluey's Brisbane.